This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Well, this morning I want to jump back into our series. We're in a series right now that I believe is very timely for us, and it's a series called Fully Armed. And we're looking at 11 verses in the book of Ephesians. And if you have your notes, you can look at, if you have a bulletin, you can look at our notes. They're right in there for you. If you'd like to get a set of our notes, you can actually text the word message to 97,000 and immediately you'll get the notes to follow along. But we believe that this is, this is more than just uh, another series. I believe that God's trying to get our attention to understand the times and the seasons in which we live. There's one thing that's for sure, is that we're living in some of the most volatile times in the history of humanity. We might feel a little bit like the frog in the kettle, but if you haven't noticed, every time you turn on the TV, there's wars, there's riots, there's tension, there's racial tension, there's conflict, there's opposition, there's pressure happening everywhere around the globe every day. In the midst of it, you yourself, your family, this city, your personal thought life, your finances, your relationships, your marriage, if you haven't noticed, are probably under increased pressure and challenges as well. Can I just see a wave of hands if you acknowledge the fact that that's happening? Here's the reality, guys. And I know that we've got lots of people, this may be your first time to church and I don't want to sound a little bit spooky, but here's the reality of the fact is that there is a realm that is a spiritual realm. There's a natural realm in the way that we live and we see and hear and smell and touch and taste, but there is a spiritual realm that is working, that is alive and well. And in that spiritual realm, there are actually true demonic forces, principalities, powers that are actually working against you to stop you from experiencing the goodness and the greatness of God in your life. And here's the kicker. You're at war. Whether you like it or not, you might be saying, hey, well, that's kind of good. I'm just going to stay out of it. The fact that you're sucking air on planet Earth is the reality that you're in this war. You are put onto this planet as a human being, and there is a war for your soul. There's a war for your life. I'm thankful that there is a God that is all-knowing and all-powerful. His name is Jesus. He forever intercedes for you day and night. He's thinking about you, wants to help you to live an abundant, victorious life, but there is a real devil that wants to stop. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. And so we're diving into this series to talk about how you and I can actually discern the times in which we live and despite the challenges and despite our pressures and despite the conflicts that obviously come because we live in a fallen, broken world, come on, that we can live victorious in them. And so we're looking at this portion of scripture, like I said, in Ephesians 6, and it's written on the heels of this 
beautiful book that was written by the Apostle Paul to the Ephesians that lays out some of the greatest, richest truths that you could ever possess in your life. He talks about the unsearchable riches, the mysteries of Christ that are available for you, spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He talks about the church. He talks about marriage. He talks about unity. He talks about the purposes of God in your life. He goes through six different chapters giving you all of these promises and these great truths and saying, they're yours, they're yours, they're yours, they're yours, they're yours. You can live this way. You can be strengthened this way. You can be victorious this way. And he finishes the entire book with these 11 verses saying, and by the way, let me just finish everything that I have just written to you by these very important thoughts. And if you don't get these, and if you don't put these into your life, everything that I talked about earlier will be a challenge for you to experience. And it's in this context that he writes these thoughts. The challenge that you and I face is that we live in a Western world that teaches us that there's really nothing beyond what we see. Paul's helping us. He's trying to just wake us up to slow down, to stop the noise, and to recognize the fact that there is a real enemy, you're in a real war, and if you don't figure it out, it can have devastating results in your life. And so I want to look at two verses as we make our way through Ephesians 6, and I want to look at verse 11 and verse 12. And I'm going to read to you from two different versions because I like both of them very much. So if you have your Bibles, if you'd open up to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, I want to start reading from the ESV version, and it says this. It says, put on the whole armor of God. We're going to be talking about that next week. The whole armor representing all of the attributes of Jesus that he's saying, you've got to put on something. It's not enough just to know you've got to put something on. You're putting on the whole armor of God. You need to go fully armed. You need to have all of the attributes that Paul talks about that we'll talk about next week. You've got to put them on if, he says, so that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle, and again, here's maybe for some of you that might be new to understand. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. The challenges that we're seeing in our nation, even yesterday, the horrific acts, by the way, of what's happening with the neo-Nazis and white supremacists and this conflict that's happening in our nation once again. Listen, there's something above that. There's a demonic force that's trying to create division. That's trying to create hatred in our nation today. And so he's reminding us, saying, hey, by the way, don't get caught in the natural because there's something bigger that you're wrestling with. It's not flesh and blood. He goes on and he tells us that it, we're, we're, we're fighting against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, they're real, they're now, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. He's just trying to say, you better get suited up you better be fully armed because, listen, there's something real going on that you had better, better recognize. 
In the message paraphrase, he says it this way, and it's actually maybe a little bit more palatable for some of us here. He says, so take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best material, and put them to use so that you'll be able to stand up against everything that the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple hours. This is for keeps. Listen to me, just just lean in here. This is life or death fight to the finish against the devil and against all of his angels. Father, we stop right now. And Lord, we ask that you would open up our ears to hear what you're saying. Lord, if there be anybody here that doubts what I'm saying, Father, that you would just bring revelation and truth to them. Lord, I pray that those that are stuck today, those that are being tormented and challenged, those that are struggling with anxiety and worry and depression, those that are struggling with addictions, those that are willing to throw the towel in on their marriage, those that are having a financial trauma, Lord, those that are dealing with sickness in their body today, Lord, I pray that you would reveal truth to them and Father, that that truth would set them free. I'm believing that. I'm contending for that today, God, that we would leave different than when we came in. Come on, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I was thinking about this message, I was taken back to my seventh grade experience. I don't know if any of you remember those tormenting years. But I remember when I entered into the seventh grade, it was, it was unfortunately, that was the season and time where my voice began to change and crackle, going from soprano to alto. It was the time where I recognized a few hairs coming in underneath the armpit and obviously hundreds of pimples, gnarly pimples, big pimples breaking out all over my face. I was that guy, kind of like, you know, Peter Pimple. I mean, I was, I was that guy. And the bottom line was this. I was so desperate to be accepted. I I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to fit in. I even kind of wanted the girls to like me. And so when I thought about my life and my voice and my pimples, I I thought, you know, I should probably move to a different idea because my looks weren't going to help me. I thought, you know what? I've got to find another way in order to prove my manly man. So what I do, I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go up for wrestling. I thought, well, I, I can do that. I mean, standing in the mirror, I mean, to look and go, well, you know, I, I'm kind of, kind of built that way. I'm kind of fit, you know, even to today. I mean, it kind of, you know, it's just like, that's a joke, by the way. You're not supposed to laugh, but it's a joke. And so, but you know, I'm just going, man, I'm just kind of like, man, I've got the beef, man. I, I'm, I'm a stud. So I went out for the wrestling team. I actually won a position on the starting team, 112-pound division on the Pinewood Junior High School wrestling team. And it was just like, woo! And I had it all figured out. Because I had the beef, forget the pimples, but because I had the beef, man, I saw it all, I saw it all coming together. I was going to win every, every single match. I was going to go into the state finals. I was going to take the medal. Everybody would fear me, and of course, the women would like me. 
And unfortunately, there came the first match where all of my dreams came to a reality. Chico, California, I'll never forget it. So excited, man. It was just like I was on my road to victory. I get out on the match and the guy that's across from me, first match of the day, looking across from him, he looks like he's about 212 pounds. I'm going, bro, hey, like, are you on the right mat? And he, he, he actually came from a school, I'm telling you the truth, a school called Stallion. So he had Stallion, he's going, like, <laughs> I'm going, whoa, this, this just like got real. I mean, forget the practices and the burpees. I mean, like, I'm, I mean, there's people watching and I'm on the mat and there's lights and this is going to be a big deal. So I put on my armor, so to speak. I put on my, my gear and I get ready for this match and the guy's like frothing at the mouth. He's like, hmm, hmm. I'm just going, whoa, bro, like, let's have fun. I mean, like this, like, I'm not supposed to die today, you know, right? Man, as soon as the referee blew the whistle, I mean, he came charging at me and I was so freaked out. I was like, mommy, I mean, he grabs me, he flips me, bam, flips me over like WWE block Brock Lesnar, like jumps on me, grabs my head, bam, pins me. Less than 30 seconds. Uh, actually, less than 10 seconds. I was so intimidated, so unprepared. So embarrassed, I think I even maybe wet, wet my pants. I mean, it's just like, this wasn't supposed to happen. I didn't expect it. It's, it's not what I thought. I got up, tried to contain myself, grabbed my little headgear, ran off to the locker room, threw it against the wall, said, I'll never do this again. And I did, and I quit that day. I did, I quit that day. Because I recognized that there were some more mature things that I could do with my life to prove my manlyhood. <laughs> and I coined a phrase back then that now my son, son actually says all the time. He says, you know, wrestling's for schoolgirls." And at the end of the day, I realized that I'd learned some very, very difficult <laughs> lessons along the way. Hey, here's some thoughts as I think back to that, that particular instant. Number one, I overestimated my confidence in myself. Anybody ever do that before? Come on, a job. You've ever, three hands, good, that's great. Well, three of you, we could come up and have a little small group afterwards. How many people here have ever underestimated your opponent? I did that too. I kind of underestimated my opponent. Third thing that I did that I felt as I went through that too is that I had little understanding of the reality of what I was gonna face. Have you ever done that where you've overestimated yourself and you get into a circumstance and it all falls apart, right? And the end of the, the day, really the fourth thing I learned was this, is that I realized the massive impact my ignorance had on the rest of my year. And I think about that experience. As humorous as it might be and as much as you want to mock me and laugh at me. Because you got those experiences too, right? We're all a lot like that seventh grade wrestling experience. Oftentimes we overestimate ourselves. We underestimate the battle that we're in. We're not fully prepared really for what's coming our way. We're often surprised when it does. 
And unfortunately, if we look at our lives, oftentimes we live for years because of our mistakes. Why? Because we simply didn't discern and understand the true battle that we were actually in. And it's in this context that Paul comes back and he says, listen, put on. Put on the whole armor of God. He's trying to make it clear and plain. Listen, he doesn't want your life devastated. He doesn't want your marriage falling apart. He doesn't want your finances collapsing. He doesn't want you to live your whole life tormented with fear and anxiety and depression and loneliness and insecurity. He doesn't want you to live that way. So he says, put it on. Put it on. Grab a hold of this. Stop living that way. Stop thinking that way. He says there's a way that you can have victory and freedom and abundant life and peace and joy and contentment. Just put it on. Put on the whole armor. So often we miss that. But one of the things we rarely talk about because we don't like to give the devil more credit than is due. But I think one of the greatest uh, lessons that we can learn in life is that the best way to defeat your enemy is to understand them. When you take a look at football films and you look at the different teams, for them to be successful, they spend hours studying the films. Why? Is because they, they have to know how to overcome him by his behaviors. And scripture affords us some thoughts regarding the enemy and his tactics. And so often we accept them because we don't see them. Nor do we think that they're the enemy. We just think that they're part of this natural realm in which we live. But I can promise you this. Every trial, challenge, every kind of conflict, relational challenge, sickness, whatever, somewhere in there, there's a spiritual root. And oftentimes your trials and your tragedies, they're a magnetic attraction to demonic activity because you're broken, you're, you're weak, you're emotional. And the Bible says that he waits for an opportune time where he can see you, where he can begin to put a lie in a thought, an emotion, a circumstance that devastates and paralyzes you. And so I want to I wanna look at our notes today, and I, I want to look at this one thought. And again, I, I want to just camp here for a second. Recognize that my enemy is real. Not only am I at war, but my enemy is real. Satan's a real powerful spirit that is hell-bent on destroying your life. He's seeking, as the Bible says, he's seeking to whom he may devour. He's like a roaring lion. Him and his demonic force of angels have assignments. They have strategies. They have tactics for you specifically. They know who you are. They know what your weaknesses are. And they constantly torment you and attack you at your places of vulnerability. And so when we look at that, we recognize that there's this long list. The Bible talks about him being an enemy, an adversary, the devil, an accuser. It talks about him being a lion, a tester, a serpent, the wicked one. 
And he's come again to try, listen to me, please. He comes to try to stop the goodness of God in your life, even to the point some of you here today or maybe listening online where you even doubt his existence. If he can do anything to keep you from leaning into the promises and the truth and the blessings of God, he's done his job. If he can't destroy you, he'll just deceive you. If he can't deceive you, he'll just distract you. If he can't make you bad, he'll just make you busy. He'll do whatever he can do to keep Keep you away from the promises and blessings and purposes of God that give you what Jesus came to give you, and that is abundant life. That's what he's all about. That's why Peter says this. He says, stay alert. Watch out. These sound like a little bit of warning signs, don't they? Stay alert. Watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. And he goes on and says, stand firm, be strong. Those are four phrases we better get in the context of what I'm talking about. Watch out, stay alert, stand firm, be strong. Because this is the way the enemy comes into your world and life. He's cunning. He's crafty. He's the master deceiver. And so it's not like he comes out, hi, how you doing? I'm your neighborhood devil. I come to tempt you. It's just like, okay, yeah, stay out of my life. It's just, he comes in the most soothing, settling, inconspicuous, enticing ways that you don't even know. It's like, ah, let me taste it. It's so important to understand. Here's some things that the enemy does that are part of his tactics that let's just call them on the carpet this morning. First of all is this, Satan is a liar. He's the father of all lies. He's actually anti-truth. Everything that spews from his mouth is contrary to the word of God. We live in a society today, we listen to media, entertainment, movies, education in our university that is working nonstop to try to put the wrong thoughts in your mind that are contrary towards the purposes and the will of God. And because we diet on it so much, we actually begin to believe the lie as it's truth. It's even why it says earlier in Ephesians 4, it says that the enemy, he's, he comes with cunning craftiness in which he lies in wait to deceive. And he goes on and says, don't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and by the trickery of men. Why? Because it will mess your life up. And again, City Bible Church, we, we love the Bible, even if it may not be popular, we know that the Bible is 100% infallible word of God and if we would just align our life to the truths and principles, regardless if it's popular or not, we can live victoriously despite what's going on around us. He's a liar. I just call him out today, wherever you're at, you're a liar. What a liar. Feels good to say, he's just a liar. Tell your neighbor, the devil's a liar. He's a liar. Listen, he's a deceiver. He disguises, disguises himself as the angel of light. You go back to Genesis 3, verses 4 and 5. He just disguised himself. 
And again, there's a deception out there that, that tries to get you to buy into this idea that the Bible is old-fashioned. It doesn't really apply to you. Church is, is really not that significant for you. Why get in a group? Hey, I don't need to serve. I don't need. And all of these thoughts, we actually, we hear them and we believe them. My goodness, you read the Bible and it says, no, this is your way to freedom. He says, stop believing the deception. Hey, it's okay to just have sex before you're married. (laughs) Let's just call it. The Bible says that's a challenge. That's a problem. And I'm trying to be kind here, not to hurt you, but to help you. Saying It's going to mess up your life. And so there's all these deceptions. Society bombards you with all of these thoughts and ideas. And the reality is there's a master plan behind it to deceive you. How about this one? He comes to tempt you. He makes everything ungodly and everything that's hurtful seem attractive. Isn't that true? Come on. It's, it's, it's good. You know, you've heard the song before, Sin for a Season. It's, it's always good. It's kind of like a big old monster voodoo donut. I mean, you just eat the thing. Go, man, that's so good. And about three minutes later, you're going. Because what you ingested wasn't good for your body. And it's the same thing when it comes to things that we allow in our life that we just accept as popular and cool and cultural, but when we digest them into our spirit, it's no wonder we're filled with torment and depression. It's no wonder we're feeling fear and anxiety and loneliness and security and all those things in our life. It's because we're ingesting the wrong thing. He doesn't want you to know that. Taste and see. It's really, really good. Right? Come on. Wave at me if if this means something to you. Come on. Satan comes to steal. Listen. This morning, some of you, you've been robbed of your joy. You've been robbed of your peace, your security, your identity. We... When I read the Bible, it says that Jesus came so that we might have life and life more abundantly, that he gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding, that we can have a joy unspeakable full of glory. And that's not contingent upon your circumstances. You can be filled with peace and joy and contentment despite your circumstance. But he comes to rob you of it, put you into this place of discouragement and worry and fear and doubt and oh, the sky is falling. And he's going, I got him. He's a robber. He's a thief. He steals. He comes to accuse. Some of you here that have listened too long to the fact that you actually think that you're no good because you've listened to the lie too long. You're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. Hey, listen, your marriage is never going to work. Right? You're insignificant. You're average. You're like, loser. And we hear those lies and we take them in and just, we crumble. That's why you should come back next week and hear about how to put the armor on. I'll just throw that in there right now. Those of you online, listen to. Come on. And listen, here's the, here's the last one. I want you to catch this. He wants to resist everything, every person, every thought that, that 
is put before you that might entice you to think about making your life right with God, giving God your everything, putting everything at his feet because he knows if you don't give all the, God all the pieces, he can't fix you in any way. Here's the good news, though. And you're probably going, man, I, just, I probably should have stayed home today. But here, here, here's the, the, watch on the screen. I win. I win. I, I want you to say that to yourself this morning. Say, I win. Say it like you mean it. Come on, I win. Nudge your neighbor and say, hey, you know what? I win. We win. It just got good, didn't it? Come on. Just go, woo, I just came alive, man. We win. Come on, listen. Let me just give you some good news here. And you just got to take these truths to the bank. Number one is that Satan is a created being. There's only one King of Kings, one Lord of Lords, one God that's all powerful, all knowing, that's in control of all things. And his name happens to be Jesus. The Bible tells us Colossians 1, 16, 17, he says, for by him, speaking of Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, including the devil and his demons, were created by him, and this is interesting, for him. Because even the demons are subject to God's plans and purposes. All things work together for good for those who love God and called according to his purposes. It may not be good, but you know what good comes out of it. Here's another one. Satan is a defeated being. Oh man, come on, would you just say that with me? Say, Satan is a defeated being. I love this scripture, Revelation 12, seven, um, verse through 11. It's John's writing about the vision of Satan being cast out. He says this, now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated. He's defeated. He was. He was. He already is. His power, he was stripped. Once you give your life to Christ, he no longer has power or dominion over your life. Believe it, preach it, pray it, accept it. He was defeated. And it says there was no longer, I love this, there was no longer any place for them in heaven. You got heaven in your heart? There's no longer any place for him in your life. The great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent who's called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. It just sounds so good. It sounds like the end of a good movie. Come on. And I heard a loud voice from heaven. It's just like, hear this. Over the noise of the lies and the deception and the trials and the challenges and the emotions, a loud voice. Hear this, that salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. They've come. 
For the accuser of our brethren, he's been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And I love this. This is talking about you. And it's past tense. They have conquered. The devil's defeated and you've conquered. Romans 16 says that he's placed Satan under your feet. It's a place of authority. Just go, come on. I no longer accept this challenge in my life as reality. I'm no longer going to bow to anxiety. I'm no longer going to bow to depression. I'm no longer going to bow to these things. I'm no longer going to bow to addiction of pornography. I'm no longer going to bow to the idea that my marriage is falling apart and God can't fix it. No longer, no longer. Because why, as it says in 1 John, is because I've conquered and I have overcome. Greater is he that is in you. Come on, Renee, this is for you right now. I just feel quick and she's, she's, she's facing a, a cancer battle right now. And I wanna just stop and pray because I believe that this is a, a word for her and everything she's tormenting. Come on, you stretch your hands, Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful lady. I thank you for bringing her to this church Lord, I am praying and believing right now that every plan, assignment, tactic, known and unknown against this lady would be broken in the name of Jesus. We speak healing. We speak freedom. We speak abundant life over her life. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Woo! Yeah! Woo! Come on. Oh, yeah! Oh yeah, you dance, girl, come on. Yeah. Come on. Hey, listen. Listen, listen, listen. I think there's some other people just need to get out and dance on that one, come on. Come on, if you're here today, you're here this morning, and you've been believing a lie, You've been tormented, anxiety, worry, fear, doubt. Get out of your seat and come down here right now. I'm gonna pray for you. We're gonna break this off today. Get down here right now. Let's believe God, come on. Let's believe God right now. Come on, get out of your seat. Come on, it's time to dance. It's time to celebrate. It's time to be free. It's time to believe the, the word of God applies to you. Come on down here. Come all the way up. Come all the way up. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Come on, Jesus' name. Stretch your hands towards all of these people. Father, we come today to call the devil a liar once and for all. Lord, we come today to bind every plan and assignment you said that anything that would be, Lord, that is bound in heaven will be bound on earth. Father, you promised us that we could loose things. God, we come today, Lord, to just believe, Father, that you will come today and break off the lies, the deception. Lord, you come and move on these people. We're believing you, God, today that you're going to set people free. John 8, come on, you said that we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.